Hey, hi, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm your host today. Joining me today is my friend, Barry Edgman. What's up, Barry? Hello, my brother. Besides your cholesterol. You know what? Let's not talk about that because I haven't checked it in a while. No? So I don't know. No. No. All right. Anyway, you look good. You look like your cholesterol is good. Thank you. Did you get outside this weekend? Did you get it in the sun at all? I did. Yeah? What did you actually do? play golf? Go fishing? No, I'll, I like golf. I'm just not, not good at it. Yeah, I'm not good at it either. Yeah. Sometimes you you just get outside and get some, what is it, vitamin D? Vitamin D. There you go. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's why the orange juice is called Sunny D. I don't drink orange juice. So oh. Okay. Anyway. So when you go outside, what do you do outside? Like, what do you... Sometimes I just walk, just get out, go to a nice place. Several beautiful places here in this area of the country we live. Yeah, in God's country. Yeah, it re- really is. Like, people say, why did you move to Wisconsin from knoxville and i thought i wanted to <laughs> yeah it's gorgeous is here. that part of is that part of tennessee hilly is it mountainy yes in knoxville it is actually at the foothills it knoxville is at the foothills of the smoky mountains i see hmm. fascinating gorgeous. i've never been there we should do a road trip like knoxville would never be the same oh yeah we or nashville or memphis or- kill it I've been in Memphis once. Like, it was just after Elvis Presley died. There's one thing about Memphis that you have to do in tandem, fused together. Yeah? Barbecue and music. Mm. Boom. Yeah? What kind of barbecue is in Memphis? What what is Memphis barbecue? Is it sweet? Is it sour? Do you actually... Bro. What? Bro, if you don't... If you don't know, I couldn't tell you Carolina barbecue from Memphis barbecue from Texas barbecue. The, Although there's one place in what? Texas called Rudy's. It's like a gas station and a barbecue it's joint. It's good. Oh my I've gosh, is there. that good barbecue? Bro, listen, in Dallas. Yeah, so good. Anyway, yeah. hey, this isn't a podcast about barbecue. Although it should be mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, pulled pork is really good. But let's talk about foundation. When you think about foundation as applies to father seekers, what are you talking about? Well, the foundation, as as you know, is the lowest the lowest load bearing part of a building, and and it's always placed. Foundation is always placed on firm footing. For example, Jesus said, "Build your house on the sand. When the storm comes, it's going to be destroyed. Build your house on the rock." And it will stand all storms. That was a song when I was in youth group. Don't build your house on a sandy land. Don't build it too near the shore. You're going to have to build it twice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's said, you got to build your house once more. That's good. You got to build your house on the rock. Totally Found a good foundation really good. on a solid spot. Really and when time. the storms will come and go, something, something. So, so foundation is is when we build. Second verse. You got no. it. <laughs> <laughs> foundation is what is that that thing, that place, that that material, what all else in our lives is built on sits on that foundation. And that foundation has to sit on something firm, something, something sure, something that can be counted on. All right. Yes. Can I talk? Yeah. I made a few trips to uh, other countries. And if you've never been out of the country or never gone to a country that's not Canada or England, you know what I mean? Where you've gone to other parts of the world, you'll see that most of the world is not like our part of the world. Most of the world is not like America. And, you know, in the places that I've been, like where culture is in such a place where 
Like when you were a kid and you built a fort out in the field, like across the street from your house, you would just like put up some walls, right? And figure out some way to, you know, put a roof on or whatever. Like there's people that live that way right now. Mm-hmm. There's people that like, that's their house. That's, that's how they live because of the circumstances of their life, because of the lack of resources, because of a ton of stuff. Right. And so I think about the, in these places, you'll always see a building that was tried to, that they've tried to build in sort of a, a more established way, but they'll just pour a slab of cement on the ground. Right. And then they'll build on top of that cement, but they won't put any footings down. They won't put any foundation down. And before you know it, right. The, the earth shifts and then that whole thing falls apart, just comes crumbling down. Then they walk away and they go find another house. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about foundations, like not everyone knows that that's a thing. And I feel like we do that emotionally as well, where we think that we can just, I don't know, hit the ground running and pour a slab of cement and we just build our life on that. And if that slab of cement doesn't have footing, if that slab of cement doesn't have foundation, it's going to fall. And so, and then you're going to live in, you're either going to live in a dilapidated house or you're going to be homeless or you're going to be, and that's no way to live. And so I feel like fatherlessness, father seeker people, they've got a foundation that doesn't exist. There was a slab of cement that just went down and now it's crumbling and they're either living in a dilapidated emotional house or they're emotionally homeless. Yeah. Emotionally homeless is good. I would, I would even take that a step further uh, or to parallel what you just said. And they're always searching for a home. Yeah. Like they're always, we're always searching for what is significant in my life. What is, say what you want, but we're designed to seek after God. And, and when we don't have a foundation that, that leads us to seek after God, then we seek after other things and fill our lives with trash. Placebo. Junk. Yep. Yep. So that being said, one of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs is, it's in chapter one. The beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. In Hebrew, the word beginning actually means that you have crashed to the very bottomless part of the pit, like you've landed. There's nowhere else to go. You're, you're at ground level zero. You have arrived at the crash point. There's nowhere else to go. You can stay where you are or you can grow from that. So the beginning means that I've come to the place, the end of, of all the places I could ever go. And now I'm either here to die over a long period of 40 or 50 years in this hole, or I can do things to create for me a new life. But foundation starts at the very bottom where I realize I need help. I need God. I need other men in my life to build this foundation. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because, you know, when I imagine somebody in a hole that way, I feel like people that don't want to start building, that don't want to put the effort in to start building or don't think that it's worth it to start building or don't think they're worth it to start building. Right. They're worth they'll it just keep good. digging. Right. Their hole's just going to get deeper. Right. Well, and, and Scott, here's what we don't here's what we don't realize as follows dads is that wherever we are, so is our family. If I'm in a hole. My kids are in a hole. Yeah. My wife's in a hole. You might not think they are. They're in a hole. Yeah. Yeah. And they will They will pay the price. I can tell you one of the things you asked in a previous podcast, what qualified me to a degree to speak to this topic, not to be an expert, but to speak to the topic, is that I've been a fatherless dad now for like 35 plus years. I'm still a dad. But every day is a challenge. Every day, something in my life has to be dealt with and confronted and faced so that I can lead my sons who are all grown men now. I still attempt to lead them. And I will tell you 
that any man alive has either squelched the desire to have a father and just, I don't care anymore, or they try to fill it in different ways, or they just stuff it and not deal with it. We're always a father until the day we die. We always lead, influence, and direct our kids, and we have to steward all that well. Hearing you say that reminds me, uh, I've got two sons. One is uh, one is 32 and one is 12, mm-hmm. and so from two different marriages. Mm-hmm. And my 32-year-old son, uh, after high school, joined the Army as a uh, as a army photographer and uh, did a tour in Iraq. And one time he sent me a text message from Iraq with like some kind of like Arabic saying. I didn't know what it meant. I should find it because it was, it was like a very moving moment in our lives together. And uh, I wrote him back and said, I don't, I don't have any idea what that means, you know? And he says, uh, it means I die first. And I said, I, don't, I still don't know what you're trying to say. He said, I need to die first because I don't want to know what life is like without you. Like, he doesn't want me to die first because he doesn't want to know his mm-hmm. life without me. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I, I, I feel like that was the first moment where I felt like, huh, I did okay. I did okay with my kid that he, not that he wants to die first, but that he like, he understands the value of fatherhood that he understands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, that's a, that's a, that's a marker on a map that when he has kids, you know, that's, that's the model that it was shown for him. Yeah. You just described something that's extremely significant in the father son relationship when there's a broken marriage involved. And I, I too am divorced. So I've got three grown sons who had to walk through that. But one of the things that you just described is that there's a point in every son's life where they come to the the conclusion that, hey, I'm going to look past what at the time I thought were egregious offenses. But now that I'm a man, I don't think like a kid, nor do I act like a kid, like Paul said, but I see life as it is. And maybe some of the things that happened to me when I I was a kid, I, I, I obviously misunderstood and my dad screwed up in the way he did it but I misunderstood it, but I, I now see what he meant. Yeah. And you had one of those moments with your son and I've, with all three of my sons at one time or another, they've said to me, I got it. Mm. I got, I, yeah. my youngest said to me, I think all three did understand what you said now. Yeah. It's like, like now I don't think it's a child. I don't act as a child. I, I, I got it. Yeah. Like, and that's that moment you just described, which is a glorious moment in yeah. the dad's life. You, what you were saying just reminded me, I'm not sure how far off the foundation we are, but I just feel like sometimes uh, I posted this the other day about how we don't remember the things that happened as much as we remember how things made us feel when they happened, like how we felt when something happened. Mm-hmm. And so when we go back and look at the things that our dad did or didn't do, like, we don't remember exactly like here's happened and then this happened and this happened, this happened. I mean, we'll say that, but what we're really doing is remembering how we felt in those moments. And it's, you can't rely on your, on your, the context of a six-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old. You can't rely on the context of that to see, to know what what's happening with your dad or what he was doing. I mean, certainly there's big things, right? There's big hurts, there's abandonment and violence, which is like a whole nother thing. That's a different topic. Right. And so, but like, if we're just talking about like, you know, and to, to look at your dad as a, as a man, rather than like, as just dad, like we, we can't make an icon out of that. We have to know that he was just a dude. Like at 54 mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. I think about when my dad was 54, like he was ancient, 
You know, like I thought my dad was ancient and now I'm looking at like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm making this thing up right now. And so my dad was making it up. And so that's part of this thing about manhood and fatherhood and this foundation that we need to understand is that like no one's got this figured out. Everyone's just, you know, you just have to hope that they're doing the best that they can. Yeah. Well, I think with that, again, the model is God, his fatherhood. The model is how he did it. And I think as we, we try to emulate and work that out, like we do our salvation with fear and trembling, then we're always learning. We're always exactly what you said. But, but I think one of the things, it's an intriguing point that you raised, is that all foundations are built on footers. And footers are dug deep. Like right. They're dug deep. There's rebar put in there. Sometimes there's reinforcement, but there's always concrete to set that in a hard structure that doesn't bend or break or move. Then on top of that are block walls. And then on top of that is the flooring system. Right. So if the foundation, the footer and the foundation walls are not set right, or they're built out of traumatic experiences, then there's a faulty spot in your foundation that has to be dealt with. Yeah. And all that stuff is below eye level, right? Like all that stuff that you just talked about, that's all below the ground. You're never, ever going to see that again. And it comes out behaviorally and emotionally in the way we treat our wife and sons. Yeah, that's big. And daughters. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Father Seekers podcast. You can learn more about Father Seekers by visiting fatherseekers.org. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.